0: Good morning, church. Good morning. God is doing something special in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm so excited to continue in that spirit of just allowing God to move today. But before we do that, I actually wanna share a statistic with you. Did you know that in 2019, studies showed that 25% of Americans were struggling with anxiety? Now, living in a post-pandemic world, that number has increased to 50%. Meaning that for many of us here in this room today, we know what it's like to wrestle with the crippling effects of anxiety, or we know someone who does. But as we just sang about, we serve a God of resurrection power, amen? Amen. And that God teaches us how to rise above the things of this world and that includes our anxiety. And so that's why for part three of our series today, I wanna go ahead and talk to us today about ways in which we can rise above anxiety. But before we do just that, would you go ahead and bow your heads to pray with me? Well, Father God, we come before you today, God. We know that your word says that God, those who draw near to you, Father, you will be faithful to draw near to us. So God, today I see a people, God, that are ready to live out your word. And God, we make it our prayer that you would speak to us a new thing today, God. Just all of those underneath the sound of my voice, make that your own prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, Would you speak with me today? Father God, we love you, God, and we trust you. It's in the powerful name of Jesus that we all said together, amen, amen. Well, I have a question for you here today. Have you ever been a part of a situation where something just didn't add up? Have you ever been there? Where two things just don't seem to add up together? I remember for me I really experienced this when I first came on staff at New Hope Church. I was still in college at the time and so I was working part time at school and then I would come over here and work at the church and I'll never forget it, there was just one week in particular where it felt like absolutely everything was on the calendar. You ever have a week like that? Where it feels like absolutely everybody and their brother seems to need you that week? That was me. And I'll never forget, I had just gotten um, off of work that day, we had an event every single night at the church. On top of that, we were in the midst of college exam week, and in the midst of that all, I had the wise idea to make the decision to go ahead and get my wisdom teeth removed in the midst of it all. And so I'll never forget, I had just finished an exam, my mouth is still all swollen from the wisdom teeth surgery, and I'm running out of class and I open up my car door so I can get to the church on time, when I look down at my phone and see a text message from my boss, and she said, hey Abby, when you get here, come meet me in my office for a one-on-one meeting. Now, I don't know what you know about the work field and all, but a one-on-one meeting is the equivalent to when your significant other looks at you and says, hey babe, can we talk? <laughs> like, no thank you, actually. No one wants to talk to you when you're using language like that. But nonetheless, I needed a job. And so I said, yes, I'll be right there. I ride to the church. I get into her office and we're sitting down and I am freaking out. My leg is shaking. I'm thinking to myself, you know, what in the world did I do to get fired? And I'm sitting there with her and she looks at me and says, so, how are you? And I say, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. And she goes, well, is there any way I can be praying for you today? And I was like, I mean, you could pray that this meeting is over. Why am I here? And I'm sitting there, and I'll never forget. She goes, well, that's it. And I said, that's it? She said, yeah, Abby, what did you think this was? And I sat a little straighter, and I thought, well, I don't really know what I thought this was. And I'll never forget, in that moment, I go to take a step out of the office when my one leg went the complete opposite direction. And I thought to myself, well, that was really weird, so I go to take another step before completely stumbling, falling into the side of the doorframe, clenching onto my leg for dear life. Now, in that moment, two things go through my brain. One, I had made myself so nervous that I had shaken my entire leg asleep to the point where it could not move. And then two, my boss probably thinks I'm like, really, really weird right now. And so in that moment, I decided to do what any young Christian staff member would do. I looked directly at my boss. Keep in mind, I had just gotten my wisdom teeth removed. And I said, look, I'm on so many drugs today that it's not even funny. <laughs> because yeah, that is exactly what you hear my heart today, church, I hope you hear a lot of things I say, but hear this, drugs and working on staff at a church, those are two things that just don't go together. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Not where you told your boss she did drugs, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying, have you ever been in a situation where two things just didn't add up? So now that we laugh together, let me go ahead and go one step deeper. Have you ever been in a situation where something that someone told you or maybe something in your mind tried to convince you of something that just didn't add up to who God says you are as a child of your own. Maybe for you it's this feeling of being unloved when God says, I have loved you at your darkest. Maybe for you it's this feeling of being defeated when God says you have the victory because of Jesus. Or maybe, maybe today, I wonder if any of you are part of that 50% statistic that is struggling with anxiety, when God says, do not be afraid, for you are more than a conqueror through Christ. Now I'm sure with a room this size, we can all relate to a season in which we were experiencing anxiety. But for me, I was five years old when anxiety started to define my life. See, my parents had just gotten into divorce, and at five years old, I was introduced into a home of verbal abuse. And I'll never forget, there was this one day where I was at my dad's house and he called me down the steps to come talk with him. And as I made my way down the white carpeted steps, I can still see my oversized pajama pants, just trying to trip on them as I walked down the steps. And I'll never forget, my dad took me by the hands and he said, Abby, can I tell you something? He said, your parents got a divorce and my parents got a divorce. So I hate to tell you, baby girl, but divorce is in your blood. Five years old, church, can I tell you this morning that words are powerful. This situation happened years ago, and yet I can still remember every single detail because words are powerful. And for me at five years old, some words that just didn't make sense were trying to take root in my life. But I'll never forget, as soon as I turned to go walk back up those white carpeted stairs, it was like a holy hush went over the room and immediately just prompted upon my heart, I heard a voice say that though my family was one of brokenness, and through it I had experienced a life of anxiety, that that was simply not the story that God was writing in my life. And hear me today, the same words I would speak over you. No matter what you are feeling or what you are facing, what matters most is what God says about us. And if we're gonna be all who God has called us to be, then we need the voice of God to be the loudest voice in our lives as we rise above anxiety. So that's why today I wanna to talk to us about ways in which we can rise above anxiety. See, because anxiety is not something that God's people cannot relate with. In fact, the subject matter of anxiety is actually present in the scriptures. Many of you are probably familiar with Philippians 4:6 that says, be anxious for nothing. But today I wanna go ahead and unpack that verse so that we can truly live out those words in our own lives. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up with me to Judges chapter six. That is in the Old Testament of the Bible. And little disclaimer before we get started here, if you've ever been to New Hope before and heard me teach, you'll probably think, what is with this girl always calling me to open up to the Old Testament of the Bible, like this girl must love her some Old Testament. And the truth of the matter is I do. Because you know the Old Testament points to Jesus, but more than that, it points to our lives today. And so it also speaks on the subject matter of anxiety. So if you believe that God has something for you today, go ahead and let me know that you're ready. Are you ready? Come on, are you ready? All right, starting in Judges chapter six, the word of the Lord says this. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts in caves and in strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites and other Eastern peoples invaded the country. So, let's talk about this for a minute. When we open up the scriptures, we see that there's this one group of people that are hiding in caves and clefts and in strongholds out of fear of this other group of people called the Midianites. But what's important to understand about this passage of scripture is the context. These people who are hiding out in fear are the Israelites. Do you know who the Israelites are? They're the chosen people of God. They're the people who God led out of Egypt straight into the promised land. They're the people who saw our God take a Red Sea and split it into two so that they could be free. These are the same people who are forgetting all of that work of faithfulness and trading it in for fear. These are the people who are trading in the faithfulness of God for fear. Now surely we can't relate to that, am I right? I mean, it's not like we are ever the people who beg God to come through one week and then he does, yet we so easily forget his faithfulness the next week. Now, we can relate to this group of people called the Israelites. Now, on the other hand, we have this group called the Midianites, and the scripture said that the Midianites were invading the land, meaning that this group of people were cruel, The Midianites were known for taking the crops that the Israelites had planted and uprooting them immediately. They were known for invading the land and stealing their wives and invading their homes. And this enemy sounds a lot like anxiety because anxiety is a thief. I put it in my notes like this. Anxiety steals the best about me by telling me the worst things that could happen. But church, that says, could happen. And circumstances are in control. Our God is. And our God has a final say over everything, and that includes our anxiety. And so that's why today I want to go ahead and talk about three things for us to remember when trying to rise above anxiety. And here's the first thing. If you're taking notes, go ahead and write this one down. God sees something in you that you don't see in you. God sees something in you that you don't see in you. Once we come across these Israelites who are hiding out in fear, we see that they call on their God to help them. And the word of God continues on and it says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah. Not the person you know, this is the place. They sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The angel of the Lord said that the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But don't miss it, it said that Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress. He was threshing wheat in a winepress. Something about this just doesn't add up. Let me ask you a question. What do you know about wine? Okay, actually. (laughs) that. I didn't mean I don't need to know what you know about wine. Wrong Let's just reverse that back a little bit. Church, could you imagine? Pastor Benji goes out of town and he comes back. He puts a young adult director out here to speak and he goes, How is the message? And you say, Oh, it's great, except she talked to us about drugs and wine all in one message. <laughs> we don't need him to know about that today. I'm just going to let you know what I want you to know about wine. But wine was really created in a wine press. I actually brought a photo to show with you today. This was a wine press, and as you can see, you can see the remains of the roof that were present and how the wine press was located underneath the ground. See, a wine press was a square or circle enclosure with little light so that people could cultivate the best wine in those spaces. Yet Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press. What do you know about wheat? Probably not much, you just know where the grocery aisle is with the bread aisle so you can get what you need. But I'll tell you, in order to make wheat, you would wanna do this in open spaces, spaces with a lot of windows so that any time you could throw up the wheat in the air and the wind from the windows would blow through the wheat so that all that would fall down was the grain. And yet Gideon is here and he's threshing wheat in a wine press. Something about this situation just doesn't add up. And why? It's because Gideon is experiencing so much anxiety that he is hiding. Can you relate? You ever just been so distracted by your fear that you just wanna avoid all potential places of pain so that you don't have to get hurt? Gideon is underneath the ground because of fear. And I don't know about you, but so often, I can feel under too. Maybe for you today, you feel underqualified, or underdeveloped, or underfunded, or under pressure. But hear me, God sees something in you that you don't see in you. And what if under is the exact place that you need to be in order to be used by God? Hear me today, under does not equal unseen. God looks at Gideon and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon is probably thinking, I know you must not mean me, Lord. I'm anxious. Can you relate? Ever just feel like your weaknesses disqualify you from experiencing God's goodness? See, I told you earlier about how I lead the Young Adults Ministry. And in order to lead a great ministry like the Young Adults Ministry here at New Hope, you really need to be surrounded by an incredible team. And so I have about six people who help me pray and prepare the ministry. And on our team, we have this one girl, her name is Diamond. And I'll never forget, we were preparing for one of our Tuesday events, and I looked at our team and I said, "Guys." What do we need to tell our world changers to encourage them before we go out and serve? And Diamond, I'll never forget, she goes, I know. Let's tell everybody that they're a leader. And I say, yeah, Diamond, that's good, but what else? And she goes, oh, I just really think we need to tell everybody that they're a leader. And I say, yeah, but Diamond, you already said that. Like, why is it so important for you to let every single person know that they're a leader? And I'll never forget, she said, because for so long, Abby, I just really felt unqualified to be a leader. I felt like because of all my past mistakes, there was no way God could use me. And so instead of referring to myself as a leader, I would instead always change the subject because surely God wouldn't want to use me. And I remember hearing that and thinking back to all those nights in which I was praising God for the one thing she thought she didn't have. Hear me, church, God sees something in you that you don't even see in you. And ours is a God that wants to use us in spite of us. And if a lot is coming against you, well, it's only because God has placed a lot within you. See, God's love is not based on your consistency, but rather his commitment to you. His love is based off his word and not your worthiness. You are more than what anxiety tries to tell you that you are. God sees something in you that you don't even see in you. So when trying to rise above anxiety, we must always remember that God sees something in us that we don't see in us. But here's the second thing. In fact, it'll be on your screens. Why don't you go ahead and help me to read it out loud? Ready? Go. Peace is based on God's power, not ours. Peace is based on God's power, not ours. See, after we see that the Lord calls Gideon a mighty warrior, even in his anxiety, we see that the word of God continues on. And it says that Gideon says, "'Pardon me, my Lord,' Gideon replied, "'but if the Lord is with us, "'then why has all this happened to us?' "'The Lord turned to him and said, "'Go in the strength you have "'and save Israel out of Midian's hand, "'and I not sending you.'" "'Pardon me, my Lord,' Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered him, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. See, I love Gideon, because I can relate to Gideon. He is out there asking, well, God, if you are really with us, then why is this all happening to us? You ever ask a question like that? Like, Lord, If you're really here with me, then couldn't you just allow me to avoid all these things that are making me anxious in the first place? Gideon is looking at God and he's saying, God, I am from the weakest clan in all of Israel. And on top of that, I'm the weakest in my entire family. See, in other words, Gideon is saying, God, I am the absolute wrong choice. You choosing to use me, God, doesn't make any sense. I'm anxious. And yet God is looking at Gideon, and he's saying, that is not all you are. He's saying, you are the mighty warrior that I have chosen, and we are looking at God's resume, not yours. I think it's time for us today to shift our focus from debilitating anxiety and instead turn it to dependence on God. It's time for us today to run to the one that can actually move on behalf of the situations that we go through. It's time for us to run to the one that can control the uncontrollable. See, church, I am fully aware today that when talking about the subject matter of anxiety, it probably hits close to home to a lot of us today. And I'm also fully aware that the Capital C Church hasn't always done the best job of explaining the subject matter of anxiety. And I don't know why you, but it's why I'm so excited that Pastor Benji is leading our church through a mental health series this fall. But hear my heart today. If someone has ever tried to shame you because of the anxieties you go through, telling you, well, you're just sinning against God, or you just need to pray more, and surely that's when you'll be free, I want you to hear me today. I am so sorry. That is not the heart of our God. His peace is placed on us, it isn't based on us. Let me go ahead and say that again. His peace, it's placed on us. You can walk into it already, it's not based on us. We can rest in his presence, because God's power is mightier than what we go through. So once God calls Gideon to overcome the Midianites, we see that Gideon in response to all this goes and creates a 30,000 plus army. And he's preparing to go against, in battle against these Midianites and then God's word continues on and we see that God says to Gideon, don't miss it. You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me, saying my own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. So cue Gideon's moment of frustration. All right, he already is trying to doubt with thinking that he's a mighty warrior. He's already anxious about going against these Midianites. And now God is telling him not once but twice, you still have too many men. Now, don't miss the church. At the very beginning, when God told them this the first time, God gave them a choice. He told Gideon, if anyone among you is anxious, tell them to walk away right now. And 22,000 men left. You know that you have a choice today. You can feel the fear and yet faithfully choose to trust your God anyway. Gideon is afraid, but he remains and became dependent on God. And while 10,000 men remained, God still looked at Gideon and said, Gideon, there's still too many men. And so Gideon's probably thinking, well, Lord, are you thinking like 8,000, maybe 8,000 men? Surely you can't be thinking 5,000, God. God, I know that you're not thinking 1,000. There's no way we're going to defeat this army with only 1,000 men. And then God looks at him. It says with 300. Notice in verse seven, it says with the 300 men. Those are the amount of men that God will use in order to deliver the Midianites into their hands. And the reason why is because God wanted to ensure that when they overcome this army, they would know that only the one true God could do that. So the scriptures continue on. And it says, dividing the 300 men into three companies, The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars. They shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout all the camp to turn on each other with their swords. And the battle was won. Because here's the last thing. When it comes to rising above our anxiety, The very last thing that I want us to remember today is God's tendency is to get glory from your dependency. God's tendency is to get glory from your dependency. See, Gideon had to be dependent on God. And God used a human weakness to exalt his strength. And just like that, the army that Gideon was so afraid of ended up taking their swords out on each other and taking each other out and Gideon never even had to face the one thing that was making him anxious in the first place. Is it possible that those things in which have your attention and are making you anxious today might not even come to the surface? If you can't control knowing a little thing such as that, why be anxious about the rest? Hear me, you do what you can, and God can do what you can. So if you're dependent today, Get expectant. God is fighting on behalf of what you go through today. You know, church, I told you earlier about how anxiety was first introduced into my life. And I told you about that powerful moment I had where I really felt the Holy Spirit just prompt along my heart that there was more to my story than just anxiety. What I didn't tell you is what happened even after that powerful moment. See, growing up in the brokenness of my childhood, it created a great deal of anxiety within me because broken words like I heard when I was five were really repeated throughout my whole life. I was told things like, you're an embarrassment to be seen with. Things like, you'll never amount to anything. Things like, if you were to do something great, well, it's only gonna be because you married someone great because surely purposefulness couldn't come from me. And so what I chose to do in response to all this is I decided to become just like Gideon. And I thought to myself, well, if I just hide, then maybe it will keep me from getting hurt. And so I hid my story. And I hid my story all until the day where I stumbled upon this place called New Hope. And I ended up accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior in our church's student ministry. But even then, the anxiety still followed me. And it followed me even all the way up until I was on staff at a church. And I remember thinking to myself, I can't be anxious. I work at a church. Those are two things that just don't add up. And so I hid my story. Now fast forward, God places within me a desire to speak. And I remember I got the opportunity to teach on a Sunday. And I was so excited and I started to call a bunch of people to celebrate with me. And I'll never forget. They said, Abby, are you sure you can do that? Don't you remember you used to struggle with anxiety? What if you see all those people and you get anxious again? How are you going to speak? But just like Gideon, I chose to be dependent. And I chose to feel that fear, yet faithfully choose to trust my God anyway. And church, if you're excited about that, You wanna know the subject matter that they gave to me to teach on my very first Sunday on stage? It was worry. And immediately I felt the Spirit of God say, it's time to stop hiding your story. Hear my heart, no matter what you are facing today, no matter what you walked in here with this morning, no matter what lies the enemy is trying to get you to believe, no matter what anxiety is present in your life today, hear my heart, this is the church And the church is the very last place for you to hide. There's a sign at the door that says, come as you are, but our God loves you too much for you to stay the way that you came in. Come on, church, this is a place where striving ceases. This is a place where perfection is not a prerequisite. This is a place where your walls can come down. This is a place where you have victory over the anxiety. And if you believe it today, if you've experienced it in this house, come on and show God some glory. So, what I want to end with today is you know, we spoke about today how God sees something in you that you don't even see in you. And maybe for you, your next step following this message. It's for you to walk out of these doors and lay down all those feelings of unqualifications and pick up the ways in which God is calling you to live your life. Maybe for you, it looks like stepping into that leader posi- leadership position in the office tomorrow. Or maybe for you, it looks like saying yes to serving God's church. Hear me, this is your community. You need your community and your community needs you. But we talked about today about how peace is based on God's power and not our own, and how God's tendency is to get glory from your dependency. But as we wrap up today, I wanna actually give you an opportunity where you can be prayed for. And so in just one moment, I'm gonna pray for us, but I wanna actually challenge us in a moment here today. Maybe you're here and this message hit really close to home and you need someone to pray over your anxiety. If that's you, I'd absolutely love to do that with you today. Online, if you're watching, just go ahead and open up the chat and simply type in, can you pray for me? We have a team of world changers who would love to pray with you on behalf of your situation right now. But maybe you're here in the room with us. Like I said, you're just feeling overwhelmed with anxiety. If that's you, I wanna ask you if you're able to participate in one moment of insane courage, would you just go ahead and stand up with me to your feet? This is a church, and it is the very last place for you to hide. I see you. Section leaders, if you're in the room, go ahead and extend a hand to those people in your section. And church, let's go ahead and bow our heads to go before God. Well, God, we are in your house today, God, And we are reminded, Jesus, that in the spirit of the Lord, God, there is freedom. God, and we thank you that your word says, God, that we are free, not just free, but free indeed, Jesus. So, God, today you see your servants, God, who are standing up, God, in need of you. And, God, we make it our prayer that right now, God, they would just feel the touch of heaven. That, God, just like Gideon, they would know that you see all of them, you know them fully, and yet you love them completely. God, we pray that you would strengthen them according to your great power and remind them that who the Son sets free is free indeed. And church, for all of you underneath the sound of my voice, would you just all go ahead and stand up with us to your feet? Everyone, just go ahead where you're watching online, join us in prayer. God, we come before you and we thank you that this is your church. It is the very last place for us to hide, and so God, we come before you today, God, knowing that you, Jesus, give us victory because of your Son. So God, we lay down all of our deficiencies today, and instead we exchange them for your grace, knowing that you are mightier than no matter what we are facing today. So Father God, we worship you. We ask that you would be our champion today, God, for you have all of our praise, all of our affection, Father, we love you and we trust you and it's in the mighty name of Jesus that everybody said, amen.